Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Love Offering Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Adams, and today's guest is Elizabeth Woodson. Elizabeth is on the show talking about her book, Embrace Your Life. All of us live with some sort of longing in our hearts, a gap between the life we want and the life we actually have. Elizabeth is on the show sharing life-changing truth that has the heart-healing power you've been searching for and helps you walk through your current life situations from a new perspective, one that embraces actual, real, deep joy in the midst of the inevitable longings of life. Well, hello, Elizabeth, and welcome to the Love Offering Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. So we are chatting about your book, Embrace Your Life Today, which I think is something that we all want to learn how to do. (laughs) So would you start with the backstory of what your own life looked like and your need to learn to embrace it yourself? Yeah, that's a really great question. You know, I think the book comes out of probably about 10 years, the past 10 years of living. And so I open up uh, the book with talking about my own singleness, but assuring people this is not a book about singleness. Um, But what I discovered is in my longing um, just for marriage and just prayers that have gone, not answered in the affirmative as of yet, uh, that I was not alone in in that longing. Um, And so just talking to women whose marriages were just tough or they were trying to have kids and were unsuccessful um, or people dealing with chronic illness or mental illness, like problems that just don't have easy answers or quick end dates. And so in my own season, just wanting to not be in a place where I was just surviving. Like I wanted to thrive. I really wanted to live what God had given me, the life God had given me and just see it as beautiful and not kind of limp along and feel like I was part of junior varsity and, and my married friends were part of the varsity team. And just seeing other people kind of take two pathways in that. Like some people getting stuck in their seasons of longing and other people um, arrive in those seasons. So many women listening may be asking a very similar question that you assert. And that is, how do I find God's joy in this life when it isn't the life I hoped for? So Mm -hmm. how would you encourage us to realize that joy is possible and how do we choose joy in the midst of all this uncertainty? You know, joy sometimes can be hard to find because we look at it in our current circumstance and we're like, man, this is not joyful (laughs) what I'm walking through, Lord. And so um, what I believe that the scripture helps us do is to lift our eyes up and to realize that we are part of a story that's bigger than our pain. Um, that God is doing something really big in the world to bring redemption, to bring healing, to enter into other people's brokenness and to bring light into the darkness. And so for me, joy is getting to be a part of that. Joy is actually living outside of myself. You know, I think there is an element where we do get to celebrate just the beauty of God's creation and we get to celebrate friends and family and good experiences. But man, deep abiding joy is that God has something for me to do and I can bring joy to somebody else's life. And so I always try to help people lift their eyes off their own circumstance and try to be a part of what God is doing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of did a study on joy several months ago and it was like, you know, our happiness is very much tied to our happenings, Mm -hmm. but our joy is just dependent on Christ at the end of the day, that that's where our joy comes from. And, you know, so we kind of toss around like the word happiness and joy. And then there's also this contentment, you know, like (laughs) in there and you, you talk about biblical contentment. Yeah. So so what advice would you give (laughs) for us to learn how to be content? 
Yeah, contentment tends to be this word that everybody loves to hate because it's like, oh, okay, I have to kind of settle and be resigned that this is the way things are going to be. And part of contentment is us resting in God's sovereignty, that what he's given me is enough, right? Like if we believe that God is in control, if we believe that God is good, if we believe that God is kind and he is gracious and that he hasn't forgotten us, then what he's given me is actually beautiful. Um, And I don't want to say that in a trite way because people are dealing with some really hard circumstances, um, but that God is present in it and he's faithful to keep his promises. And so how can I thrive in the lot I've been given or like this little piece of the pie that I've been given and not keep looking at everybody else's pie pieces, right? Like he's given me something to invest in, to build, to find beauty in. um, And because he's sovereign, that means what he's given me is enough. Okay. So let, let's dive deeper into that. Cause you said, yeah. you said comparison. And I think yeah. that, that could be, I mean, was it Teddy Roosevelt that said that, um, that comparison is the thief of joy, but we could yeah. easily say like comparison is the thief of contentment too. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Talk, talk to us about comparison and how that. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we all um, are witnesses to the highlight reels of people's lives, you know, as we are scrolling through social media and seeing the beautiful vacations people are taking or the beautiful, you know, pictures of their family and their homes or even their physical bodies. And what we realize is we're just getting the highlights. We're not getting the everyday real things. We don't know what's happening behind the curtain of people's lives. We don't know the cost that they've paid to do that. Um, and ultimately, you know, we are wanting something and not looking at what we have. And so what I try to do in the book is give people a fresh vision for what's in front of them. Like this contentment has us looking everywhere else except at what is in front of us. And if we believe again in who God is, then what's in front of us has goodness in it. What's in front of us is something that somebody else would give to have that experience sometimes. Um, And so it's like, let me take the eyes off other people's lives. I really don't know what's going on in their lives. They're just showing me the beautiful pictures that have filters on them and are edited and they're not showing me the real deal. And how about I deal with what's happening in my life and fight to find, like, Joy, you just are not going to stumble into joy, right, in this culture. Like, you have to cultivate it. And that we would work on cultivating joy in our own spaces instead of seeing what everybody else is doing in their space. There was, I don't know if you saw this or if you follow Priscilla Schreier. She's one of my all-time favorite authors and speakers, but she just posted something on her social media. And it was this picture of ballet shoes or actually a beautiful, did you see it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I saw that one. Beautiful ballet slipper with Uh like the tights. And then the foot next to it was like all bandaged and wounded and gnarly if that's even the yeah. right word years of and calluses and working exactly. and so that was her exact point you see the beauty of the one slipper yeah. on the outside but how many mm-hmm. hours of pain and toil and yep um did it take to um achieve even that image so to speak and i think that we're so we're so tempted just to to do yep. that aren't we yeah 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 and it's easy i mean they're they look beautiful i mean that's the whole point of why we're caught up in this social media Um, or just even the lives of our friends in the first place. But again, it is, um, there's beauty everywhere and contentment really pushes us to believe that and to fight for it. Something else I just heard you say that I'd like you to dive deeper into if you're willing. Um, You talked about cultivating joy. Mm -hmm. So practically, is there something that has helped you to cultivate joy in the midst of the life that you're like, oh gosh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but wanting to find joy in that. So how have you learned to cultivate? 
One of the easiest ways I have found um, that helps me cultivate joy is just gratitude. Um, and so when I wake up every morning and I'm intentional, right? So when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you might not think of is to give thanks for specific things. But even this morning, I was thanking the Lord, like, hey, I get to spend time with all these people, have like lots of friends I'm able to be with because I have this freedom in my singleness. And I can disciple women, I can mentor, but I also can just be in really rich and abiding friendships. And actively and intentionally giving thanks to God for really specific things helps me focus on, oh, there is goodness here. Like, you're going to need to find it today, Elizabeth. You're going to need to have three things. Let's go. You can do it. And that has helped me. Um, just the practices, like what are habits that I can hold to? And one of those habits is gratitude. Yeah. Well, okay. You, you have identified, and I thought this was really fascinating. You said um, that we need to avoid emotional escapism and mm -hmm. naive blindness to reality. So that's not what we're encouraging. Like the reality is people really do have hard circumstances. Yeah. So we can't, yeah. you know, just dismiss them or like, no. you know, stuff all those emotions. And so how are these unhealthy reactions, you know, the ones I just mentioned, emotional escapism and naive blindness, and how do we move beyond them? Yeah, that they, your pain is not just going to magically go away. And so the culture just gives us all these options, whether we just numb it out um, or we can eat it away. Or I always like to talk about Amazon Prime becomes our <laughs> best friend. And I got packages outside of my door too, but it just, it doesn't go away. And it pops up in other places. Uh, it affects other relationships. And ultimately it just robs us of what is possible, which is joy. And so, you know, it is, how do we face it head on? How do we not act like things aren't bad when they really are? Like sometimes you need to go to counseling. Like you need to sit with someone and talk through what's happened. You need to maybe talk to your pastor or a trusted friend. Like you need to help have somebody help you process it. But doing all the things that we do to try to find comfort or some of us just like to have control over everything else um, or we just want to find love in other relationships that doesn't lead us down a good pathway when really what we need to do is place our pain before the Lord and then help have him help us uh, again through a lot of different really healthy options to process it and walk on the pathway of healing. Yeah. Something that, you know, on the same topic, you, you actually give your permission readers to your readers permission to lament and yeah. you say you're free to lament. So why do you think lamenting is so important? Lamenting helps us acknowledge all the grittiness of what we're going through. And so sometimes as Christians, we can feel like, oh, I just need to keep it all together or I can't be angry with the Lord. I can't be frustrated um, in scripture. We just see witness after witness, specifically in the Psalms, tell us, no, you actually can do that. Uh, one of the Psalms I love is Psalm 13. And David's just crying out to the Lord. He's like, hey, God, where are you? You forgot me. You promised me things and you have not come through. And that's how many of us feel. Um, but all the way at the end of that Psalm, he gets to this place where he remembers how great and glorious God is. And I always like to think there's a little bit of space. Like he doesn't immediately get there. But this Psalm of lament is like, you should bring it to the Lord because lament is birth with hope, right? Like we or, or, or is pregnant with hope that you're not going to cry out to someone who you don't think that they can actually help you with the situation. And so we cry out to God because we think and believe that he can actually do something. But it's where we take our pain is to the only one ultimately who can do anything about it. And in the mystery of how lament works, um, I believe God meets us there. And it's really a, a healing place and an appropriate place for us to bring the things that we're dealing with. 
Yeah, it reminds me of um, of Jeremiah too, like in, mm-hmm. in Lamentations 3, I think. Uh, my pastor just talked on this. That's why it's, it's fresh on my mind. But like verses 1 through 20 is all this lament, like all the things, like all yeah. the depression, like all the things that he's yeah. dealing with. And then he says in verse 21, yet. Yep. And then it's focuses yep. in on God. And that's that, that hope. And in fact, I have a friend who is going through a two-year cancer battle Mm. and she just got some good news and she just got some bad news and she just said I just um, I know I should be grateful but I just am still so sad and so worried and in so much pain and so I had just shared that with her too it's like again it is okay to lament we don't have to hold it all together and act like everything's fine when it really isn't it It really isn't um and so if the woman right now is in a hardship like that, or yeah. like you've described, or we all have a hardship, but you actually say that it can be a gift. Yeah. So how have you found <laughs> that your deepest wounds have actually been a gift and maybe led you even to joy? Yeah. Um, I will say that I have learned over time that they're a gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, so That's sometimes cute. truths become more real to us as we just sit in them with the Lord And one, I've just come to see that God is who he says he is, right? Like I've seen him provide for me in some really substantial ways, whether that is financial provision in a really hard season, or it is a friend who will just text me out of the blue and say, hey, you know, I just feel like I just need to pray for you. And minutes before I'm just crying out to Lord, being like, Lord, I need anybody to just come and just help me in what I'm walking through. Um, I have just seen his kindness over and over. And when you see the Lord's character be real to you. That just changes your relationship with him. Um, I think you also learn deeper truths about what it means to live in this world and truths about what really matters and who really matters. And sometimes we can have focus on things uh, that are fleeting and it causes us to really hone in these people or or this moment or this experience is really what's most important. And I need to give my attention to that. Like, I think sometimes we go through things and uh, in those valley moments, We realize, man, I'm carrying one too many things that I don't need to carry and I need to let go of some of this stuff. And so it's a refining process that you come out to me more mature um, and a deeper rooting in the truth of the God who created the universe, who also invites us into relationship with him. So there's a mix of things, but on the other side, usually of the hardship, I've seen it to be joyful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's, um, well, it's just this eternal perspective, but it's also Mm -hmm. comes through time and like reflection sometimes on what you've gone through. Um, So if we have a friend who may be struggling, uh, what would you suggest that we say, or maybe better yet, what should we not say to a friend who is hurting? Like we learn a lot from Job on this, don't we? Job and his friends. (laughs) You know, it's, what did you do, you know, or, um, it's not that bad, you know, it'll be okay. You know, all things work together for the good, uh, our favorite verse to use when, and, uh, people are going through hard circumstances and while Romans 8:28 is true, uh, timing matters. And, uh, what I would, the best thing for us to do as friends is just to be present with people, the ministry of presence. Uh, sometimes you don't need to say anything. Um, sometimes it's just, giving them the space to be able to share what's going on with them, offering to pray. Because again, what I try to hit on in Embrace Your Life are the seasons of life that don't have easy 
answers. So they prayed all the prayers and asked all the questions and done all the Google searches and are like, yo, I've exhausted everything that I feel like I've been given as a Christian. And in those moments, it is the work of the Holy Spirit where we come together as a community. And so I've been grateful for friends who've just been present with me. Yeah, 100%. Um, so uh, kind of on that same topic, you know, based on today's conversation, this is a question that I ask mm-hmm. all of my guests, how do you think that we can best be love offerings to other people yeah. and to help them learn to embrace yep. their life, right? Yeah. Yeah. See the people around you. Uh, sometimes we can think that people are really strong and man, you've just, you've just handled it so well. No one's that strong that they don't need a good friend again to be present with them or to pray for them, um, to bring like to bring a meal or a gift, uh, to really say that I see you and I love you and I'm with you in this. And so I think that we can use our lives to serve people and to serve them in seasons and to be just a consistent friend. You know, sometimes it's you remember a date uh, where maybe they loved, lost a loved one and you just remember it and you remember the loved one that they cared about so much um, that we see people, we remember them and we show up. Uh, with our physical presence and we, as we do life with them. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that this is such an applicable, relevant message for, mm-hmm. for all of us, because at the end of the day, we all want to embrace our lives. We have this yeah. one life that we're living yeah. on earth. So why not embrace it? Right. Exactly. <laughs> What's our other option, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I know I'm going to want to stay connected with you. I'm sure listeners yeah. are going to want to stay connected with you. So tell us how we can best do that. You can stay connected on my website, elizabethwoodson.org, or you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Jazzy Liz, M-I-S-S, Jazzy Liz. And I post, uh, you can shoot me the comments and I will be there interacting with you as we both figure out how to embrace our lives in this season. Okay. I have to know, Jazzy, is this a personality trait? I would agree. You are Jazzy. Is this is that where it stemmed from? It is. I just try to have a little bit of extra uh spunk and flavor. I like to to have a lot of color in life, uh, both in what I wear and my personality. So that's where the jazzy comes from. Well, I wish people could see because they they can hear your personality in the today's conversation, but you are beautiful and you have this beautiful bright red lipstick on right now. So you are, you are being true to your name, both exterior and uh, internally. So um, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you for helping us to learn how to embrace our lives and find joy when the life we have may not be the life we hope for. So God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode with Elizabeth Woodson. We hope that today's episode helped you to embrace your life. This week, our love offering is from Elizabeth, and she says that we are to see other people. She says no one is as strong as we think they are. If you are interested in show notes, you can head on over to at Rachel Adams author on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. I would love to connect with you there. I'd also love to connect with you over on the Love Offering Facebook community. There each week we dive in deeper into each podcast episode, into the blog series, and we encourage one another to live faithfully and love fully. If you have not yet subscribed, rated, and reviewed the Love Offering podcast, I would so appreciate if you would take the time to do that just so more women can find and hear this Love Offering message. If you have already done those three things, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate your time and your effort and your encouraging words. 
All of this information can be found at rachelkadams.com. There you can subscribe to receive the weekly love offering newsletter and all of this information can go straight to your inbox each week. Next week, my guest is Amy Weatherly. She is part of the duo of Sister I Am With You, and she is on the show talking about her book, I'll Be There, But I'll Be Wearing Sweatpants, Finding Unfiltered Real-Life Friendship in This Crazy Chaotic World. I can't wait to talk with you again then, but until then, I hope you have a terrific week, and as always, remember to lead with love. <music>